Back at it, Design Huddle. Today we're talking NFTs, the popular topic that every single person on Twitter is talking about. Um, we'll talk about what it is, give a brief explanation, and we found a really interesting article about how a 10-second video clip sold for $6.6 million. This is a wild space, very new to it. I'm a little, I would say my crypto knowledge is... I'd say slightly above average. I've been dabbling in the space since 2017. Um, There's a lot. It's a very complicated, convoluted space, but we'll try to break down um, NFTs, what they are, and if they're even worth it, or are we in 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 another bubble? So we'll find out. So explain, what what are NFTs? Yeah, so... (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Let's start. Let's start from there. So, so no, I couldn't pronounce the F word. Is it the F word? Non fungible or fungible? Yeah. So let's start with the basics. Uh, what is an NFT? NFT stands for non fungible token. So non fungible, more or less, means that it's unique. It can't be replaced with something else. So I always plug in non fungible. I think of like the original Mona Lisa. That's been the example that everyone yeah, yeah, is. Seen, yeah. Everyone keeps floating around. Um, another example, if we tie it back, for example, Bitcoin is another fungible asset. You trade one for another one, and you'll have exactly the same thing. It's a one. It's a you know. It's a one of a kind trading card. Um, uh, so, so, the, so the challenge they're trying to solve is like way back when, when we used to buy, rent, or go to movie theaters. That sounds like a long time ago. Like when there used to be blockbuster video, there was like a tangible thing that people could test against, as in, yeah, this is yours, you own it or you rent it. Um, but in the digital space, many companies have tried to do like data management, like, you know, rights and stuff. And most people don't like it because they traverse from one device to another. You buy an album, you want to just have it across your phone and your laptop or whatever. But with data right management, it doesn't allow you to do that. So... The problem's never really been solved. With streaming, it has, but actual ownership of digital things. So it feels like this is like an attempt to make ownership of digital things, especially the premium stuff like art right. and whatnot, um, as a feasible business model. So like the artist selling this 10-second clip for millions is like, okay, now you can see it as a thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the problem I have with anything to do with blockchains is the word blockchain. I don't have a thing about crypt- against cryptocurrency. It's just, I remember watching a talk years ago and uh, the, uh, one of the, the speaker pointed out that the most commonly used word on LinkedIn was uh, creativity. And so like, if everyone's creative, then no one is. And if it's like, you always hear this, this new thing is a, it's a blockchain that will disrupt the blah, blah, blah. And I hear that and I just want to punch myself in the face. <laughs> that's the, I think that's my biases with like NTF. I don't know but, if you um, remember hearing this, but like very related is there was a, I think it was like a lemonade company and they added the word uh, blockchain to the name. Like they didn't have anything to do with blockchain. And then the okay. stock of the company just like went through the roof. <laughs> so it, it reminded me of uh, like the dot-com bubble. It's like very similar yeah. when this was first coming out. And like, I think it happened in 2017, like peak first bull market for Bitcoin. But um, but yeah, go ahead. I just sort of immediately, when I hear, when I like, you know, blockchain was such a popular buzzword, which I think people are proving that there's value. I think Bitcoin is the best use case for why blockchains have value. But um, nevertheless, like real quick before we pass it back, 
Um, I wanted to step back and like of how NFTs work. So this gets a little yeah. into the weeds, but then we can get into like the art, but I think the, the, and the value. So at a high level, most NFTs are part of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum is like the second most popular cryptocurrency after, after um, Bitcoin. If Bitcoin is like digital gold, think of like Ethereum as like, you know, like the internet, you know, uh, 3.0. Everyone thinks it's going to be the, the internet money where Bitcoin is more of digital gold. So Ethereum is a cryptocurrency, you know, it, but its blockchain also supports NFTs. So it's kind of more, it has more opportunities to build on top of Ethereum. That's why we see things like NFTs. But long story short is NFTs can really be anything digital. So we already, you know, I think we kind of hit on this, right? It could be drawings, music. It could be, you know, um, uh, any type of tech or digital art, I think are the best examples. And I think the it's thing like that's... Game, gaming customization thing has been coming up. So like I know in, in games where you can buy skins and whatnot, that was mentioned. So I can imagine if like someone was selling a unique pair of Nike trainers or sneakers, and you could basically take those to any game, and that would be like the characters wearable. So if like styled like Sonic the Hedgehog, Nikes, or whatever, then you can see that for gamers, that's quite a cool thing that they can actually take their digital things across different platforms without having to rebuy or whatever, and it could be unique or custom to them. I can see that as a thing, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, basically what's happening right now is, like, if we take what we're talking about, it's, like, something that has, it's, like, new technology and collecting art or collecting something that's rare, um, and you have a bunch of people that are, you know, that are passionate art collectors and that really love the assets that they're purchasing. And then you have people that are just trying to make a quick buck, which is why if you look at like NBA Top Shop, where people are paying $30,000 for a clip of LeBron James like dunking, but the NBA still owns the rights. So it's very confusing to me. This is like my biggest confusion is that someone owns the right to the video clip. So you buy it for $30,000, but then I can watch it freely Um, but like, so I guess it's like, this is like where, and people make the comparison where it's like, if you go to, if you go see the Mona Lisa live and you take a picture of the Mona Lisa, I have a version of the Mona Lisa, but it's not the actual Mona Lisa. So I guess I struggle with this because I would never pay $30,000 for a clip that anybody can see. The uniqueness to me is where I struggle with. Well, I mean, I suppose some of the examples where like, um, there'll be 30 copies and then they'll all be destroyed with the exception of the people who actually have the ownership. But, and you can prove the ownership, but it doesn't, I don't know, I think not having something tangible, you know, so like the one example is someone took a Banksy, they bought it, converted it to an NFT, and then they burnt the picture. And, <laughs> and so it's like, you own this burnt picture and a recording of the burnt picture, but it, it just, I don't know. It feels like the emperor's clothes, to be honest. Wait, like, so wait, wait, wait. So you had somebody had a physical original Banksy. They yeah. sold and they it. Burn it, and then so what? Are the, what's is the NFT? The video of it being burned, or is it the, uh, or is it the actual I like a photo it, I, of the original? I suppose it would be the video of it burning. <laughs> Again, is this? I, I maybe. Maybe we're too overrated to understand this new tech. It's like trying to explain. I remember my dad once walked when I was younger, walked into my bedroom and he saw the mouse on my keyboard and he just kicked the mouse. 
And he goes, what's that, a toy? And then he walked out, and that was his only interaction with computers. To this day, like, he was like, he just didn't understand that maybe it's this. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Is the equivalent. Um, I mean, I would understand if there was some sort of political uh, uh, ideal with burning a Banksy, because that's what Yoko Ono's thing was back in the you know the sixties art, where you create this beautiful piece of art and then you destroy it in protest to war or whatever the the, the political thing of the time. And so, like the whole nineteen sixties rock bands of destroying their guitars was all basically in protest of like this beautiful piece of art we've created, we're going to destroy it in front of you just so that you can see, you know, whatever they are protesting. So if there was that kind of element to it, you okay, this, this, the, the NFT is tied to an actual moment that you're purchasing and then you can treasure it or whatever. But I don't know. It just feels like the emperor's clothes. The whole thing, and someone's going to realise that they've just paid, was it Paul Logan, Logan Paul? I don't Lo- know yeah, yeah, Logan names. Paul. <laughs> I saw, I saw, so what's the deal with him? I don't know. I'll, like, he sold a clip as well, like a video clip of himself doing something. I don't know what. I, I dread to think. Um, and again, made millions from it. And it's, it's. I think people selling these things, the people buying it, thinking, okay, this NFT may have value in the future. Because if you've got uh, the cryptocurrencies and each one of them is worth X amount, well, this surely will be worth more because it's a singular thing that's not replicated, or maybe there's a few of them. And therefore, it becomes like a digital commodity. So if eventually, when the stock exchange becomes all digital stuff, that this will be like, you know, a really rare item. But I don't know. I mean... Yeah, this is this is wild. So, like, I'm just... The Logan Paul thing's really interesting. So, basically, Logan Paul, he, I guess, you know, being a... He's a YouTube creator, if you're not familiar. He's very popular. He has a large following. His podcast is very popular. Um, but he kind of dove headfirst into this cryptocurrency space where like, you know, he never really yeah. talked about cryptocurrency before, but NFTs drop and then he's all over it. He's, he's, he tends to be an early mover. So like, you know, hate him or love him. Like he, he does create content. He tends to be on like the, the, the cusp of what's new, but, um, basically like, uh, just like, I, I'm going to read a quick excerpt, excerpt from this, uh, <laughs> from this article to help explain it. But Paul partnered to create and distribute tokens with a company called Bonly, which is a peer-to-peer exchange that enables trading across any chain through any medium. And the NFTs, as we already mentioned, are on the Ethereum network. The set of 3,000 NFTs dropped on February 19th, with each selling for one Ethereum. Ethereum costs roughly like $1,700 right now. Um, So for a total of 3.5 million in sales, Paul sold 1 million worth of NFTs in 30 minutes after drop after dropping them, noted venture capitalist Tiffany Zong, and yesterday's sales climbed to five million, with a, with a total of two thousand like twenty five hundred NFTs sold and four hundred and fourteen left to purchase before Bonley burned the remaining supply. So I guess when they say burned the remaining supply, it's digital. Are you just deleting it? Like I, I that that's the part <laughs> that I don't really understand. Like 
Why like would they use the term burn? Why would yeah, like why would they use the term burn and not like drag to your trash can and delete it? Like I don't get it. Because <laughs> it makes it sounds more dramatic. Like oh, you've just missed out on something, right? And that adds to the allure of buying. It, do you know what? I don't know if this has um, any legal implications, but this sounds like a pyramid, like one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the person at the top sells it, and then the <laughs> other people buy it from them, and then they realize that what they've bought is essentially nothing. And now they have to drive up value to sell that nothing to someone else. And each person has to sell it for more, otherwise they sell it at loss. I don't know. It, it, I, I like the idea of trying to solve... Um, the data right management problem, especially for, I mean, not so much big companies, but for individual artists where you see again and again, an artist has created an illustration or whatever, they go online and they see a big fashion company, for instance, I mean, a big department store has like commissioned designers and they've basically lifted their work. And as an individual artist and designer, you can't really take this big company to court. It's impossible. Like, like just getting a court date would cost you a huge amount of money. So having something like this tied where there's like a clear ownership or copyright, I can see like the value of that, that you create a piece of work and you're trademarking it in this way and then you own the ownership. So if it ever goes anywhere else, then you've got like a tangible, a, a, a digital signature rather of like the thing. Then that kind of makes sense well, to me, like as a form of copyright. But well, well, that's the thing with like, you know, not to focus too much on blockchain. That's the whole value prop of a blockchain, right? It's a public ledger that's a it's a record of everything so it's like if if logan paul sells it it goes from a straight a hash number user to another hash number of user the like it's it's traceable of like who owns it the other thing that i saw that's interesting in this space and the kind of getting i think this is like where it gets confusing is that i'm with you that like so there was a i forget what band it was but there was a band that released their album very recently as an nft so imagine you love oh, really? that band and you're a millionaire and you bought the you bought the NFTs. You you own the digital rights to that album. That is super compelling, right? Because there's one version and the digital copy of that album is yours. So the um so think of it also like um so imagine so imagine like this is the example that I really like and I find interesting. So say that like there's a jam, like there's a band that you like. Right, you see them at your local pub, pub or or bar, and they announce an NFT where you can buy into them as a band. So I buy, let's just call them like, um, uh, let's just call it like you know Pearl Jam for the, for the sake of the example. So you see Pearl Jam at a bar, and you say I'm gonna buy Pearl Jam like a token for a hundred dollars. And no one knows about Pearl Jam, but as they become more popular, people are buying more and more shares or, you know, buying more into Pearl Jam until they become the Pearl Jam of today, which is incredibly valuable. So I like the idea that you can buy in and invest in artists and creators early on and you're kind of getting stock in them. Um, and you have like a it's like a, a way to not just companies, but individuals can own portions of like the creative process. It's super confusing. Like there clearly needs to be like a little bit more um, like a system in place. Like the, it's still like everything I read is like, it's kind of very chaotic in how it's organized. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but there was this thing called um, like in 2017, like the first NFT was actually like a crypto kitty, which was just like a virtual kitty <laughs> that was on the Ethereum blockchain 
that basically people bought. Yeah, exactly. People just bought the digital cat as a collectible because it was the first of its kind. So (laughs) I am not a cat. Yeah. So if you tell me, I I mean, the thing is, I, I think it's cool when it's from like the perspective of, you know, the GameStop debacle where you had these individual people who just believed in a company and they just wanted to invest and it wasn't about shorting or anything like that. And if, and the same thing with like Bitcoin when it first came out, it was just people who believed in this concept of deregulated um, currency. And because in, in context, it was around like, you know, the economic crash of 2008. So you can understand where this is individuals creating something. And I think that's when it's really cool. It's um, like one of the, the other critiques of NFTs is I think part of the uh, the the obligation or what you're supposed to do is once you buy it is if you were to resell it you're supposed to kick back some money to the original artist mm. but there's no system of validating that of doing this because it's all down to you and your um digital currency wallet so there's no legal protection that's baked into it and i think it's similar to like when there were the first cryptocurrency exchanges which were i think based in hong kong or if i remember and they got shut down because you know uh so the legal protections are quite minimal as a result. So I think this is basically it. And like intellectual property, again, is another thing of like, you know, how do you remove something if you want it removed? Can you get it removed? Um, I mean, I remember like the Wu-Tang Clan, they produced an album which they only made one copy of and they sold it to, um, they sold it to this guy who ended up in prison in the end. He's like quite a nasty character. Uh, but like, if, can you imagine like this one copy that no one else has listened to? It? Only this one person can ever listen to, it. and the the rights of it will will disappear. I think after a hundred years, then it, and then it becomes public. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean, uh, it seems more like there's either an artistic movement in the same way like that I was mentioning, like the artist breaking or destroying their piece of art. But it feels like what's going to happen is this is just going to be another way of investors making money, and that's the only thing. And then when you tie that with the um, environmental impact of basically. I understand cryptocurrencies, but this is another level of like trying to make some kind of assets, which, I mean, how much does it cost the environment in something like this? Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I that's mean, like, that's a, uh, that's like one of the biggest, so that criticism is like completely valid. I will say like, as someone that's, um, pro, I'm pro Bitcoin. I'm still not pro other um, I think I, there's value in other cryptos, but I think there's a lot of trash in this space. But the idea that the environment is, is an issue is like probably the biggest um, black eye for the entire industry. And there's there's incentives for it to become more green, like they're, they're renewable energy for because and, and as some background, like blockchains are basically they operate by doing complex math problems. And that means a lot of computing power. So there are these server farms yeah. all over the world that are running 24-7 that generate a ton of heat. So if they're not, if the, if the electricity being used isn't, you know, renewable, that's a huge drain on whatever the local power grid is. So the idea here is that we need to, like, incentivize, um, like, green, uh, you know, mining is, is the word um, to basically alleviate that. But... NFTs is just another issue, right? Because anytime you're using a blockchain, you're using mining, which is validating um, transactions on the blockchain. So, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> you can go down so many rabbit holes here. I think this is the biggest thing. It's like so early days. I probably read 10 articles on this. Everyone has kind of their own stance. 
my initial reaction is, yeah. is this. I think there is value here. I think it's cool. But I do think that like some cryptocurrencies in 2017 that were pump and dumps like ICOs or initial coin offerings, which were total scams, we're seeing things that are in getting inflated in value because people, you know, people value is what people are willing to spend for it. So there's this inflated yeah. value for this stuff because it's never been done before. But I do, and I hate to say this because the word bubble gets thrown around way too much with crypto, but I do think that like the NBA top shop example is becoming a bubble where like, I don't see how a clip of LeBron James doing a crossover is worth $40,000. But if someone can sell it to someone else for $42,000, that's all that they're going for is like the next highest bidder. So I do think that there's going to be a place where there's going to be a bubble and there's going to be someone left holding the bag that they'll have this expensive digital this digital NFT but they're unable to get rid of it. So I don't want to say it's going to end poorly because I think NFTs are going to be around for a while. I think they're going to evolve. But this early days is chaotic. And as a result, I think there's going to be some negative repercussions. Yeah, well, I would recommend this to any artist or designer. Take a look into it. But I think, say, look at the angle of copywriting your artwork. I think that is the more compelling thing Yeah. So to, to create like some sort of data protection for yourself. But by the sounds of things, there is no legal protection in any of this stuff. Um, and if you were in a situation where someone was taking your artwork and using it at scale, uh, you'd probably still have to go through the same loopholes of hiring a lawyer and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think if for artists and designers that this can offer a way, like that kind of means, I think then it becomes really compelling. And imagine like an app where you could take a photograph of your design work or illustration that you're selling on your website, and then you upload it, and it becomes part of a blockchain where the rest of the chains or blocks or whatever validate that you are the owner of it. Um, and then I think that becomes like a thing. So the, the, the concept isn't so much buying and selling, but protection, protecting your work from here and to ever. And you can imagine, say, if like you were to pass away, your descendants get the ownership of that artwork. Yeah, I, I think, that's, I think, you I think you're spot on. It's like for creatives, the biggest value here is protecting your work and making sure that you're the, you, you own it and that it can't be reproduced and people aren't, it reminds me of it's like solving the Napster days where like illegal music was like ran like rampant and like they couldn't control it. But imagine that like every time that someone else shares a song that you get the artist gets the original cut. And that's what they need to figure out to your point is like protecting yourself, but making sure the original creator of the digital art is getting compensated like accordingly, which is still unclear to me. But just to wrap here, we will find, I think there's a few NFT people that we could get on Design Huddle. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what are these dudes talking about? Because <laughs> <laughs> they obviously don't Because <laughs> they obviously have no idea what they're talking about. That's totally fair. <laughs> this is just like not our expertise, but we wanted to dive into the topic because we both found it very interesting. Uh, shoot us a note on Twitter, you know, Instagram. You can email us. We'd love to interview you and learn more and get like the full, I have so many questions. So this is kind of just a teaser episode to talk a little bit about NFTs and intro to it. Um, we'll link the article, the Logan Paul one, and the one that about the uh, piece of art that sold for uh, some ridiculous amount in like uh, it's a piece of a video clip that sold for 6.6 .6 million in 10 seconds. And we'll also just link to a really good article that um, these YouTubers that I like, Colin and Samir, did explaining nfts with an nft expert so if you want to get like the full story i highly recommend checking them out 
So before we do go though, I yeah. would like to sorry, Ryan. Um, the the thing about Napster is what UX or like designing UX demonstrated right. was like the record companies had this problem of people stealing music who had Dr. Dre and um, <laughs> that rock band I forgot what they're called. Yeah, uh, who were basically taking people to court uh, over Napster and then. What Spotify did was demonstrate that people be willing to pay for music if you create the right experience. Like iTunes basically existed and pretty much ended the reason for having Napster, where you create a market where people just want to buy songs and just listen on to all their devices and it just syncs. Then no one would, that going to Napster was or like to LimeWire or the alternatives was actually like a pain. Like it was yeah. a pain point because you couldn't find what you're looking for and you might download a virus. So. If some company can actually take the NFT concept and actually develop an experience which just allows people to do the activity, then that's where you will, people will see the value and actually think will be actually beneficial. So it's all about finding the right user experience. It's not that people are trying to pull fast ones or whatever. It's People will hack the experience to fit their needs. Like, you know, you have passwords, people write down on a sheet of paper and stick it on their monitor because they can't remember it. <laughs> and, it's like, and that defeats like millions of security, right? So if you can create the experience that suits the needs of the person, then, you know, the rest will be like dust. So, yeah. No, that's a, that's a great way to kind of, you know, end it because I think that's tying it back to the, the opportunity here, which is always like tying it back to the design opportunity. And this is like part of, part of like design huddle is identifying both tech trends and design trends and finding like opportunities for UX designers to thrive. And if there's one world where design, good UX designers have a lot of opportunity, it's in this world. So um, yeah, do your own research um, and come back to us if you have other good examples. But thanks for turning into this episode. Um, and thank you to uh, our sponsors. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Design Huddle. Take care, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Design Huddle. The opinions expressed are solely our own and do not express the views or opinions of our employer.